are now listening to Late Hit Pro Football Radio. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Late Hit with Matt and Tyler. We're going to get to a few key topics from around the league since we talked to you guys last week, and then we're going to wrap up tonight's episode with our State of the Franchise segment again. The uh, first topic we're going to talk about is the Jaguars' left tackle Cam Robinson has been suspended four games by the NFL for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. Uh, He is eligible to return and participate in training camp and the preseason, but will not be eligible to play at all during the regular season until October 2nd. And he's going to lose about $888,000 per game for those four games that he's suspended. So a a lot of people will have different views on the performance-enhancing drug policy that the NFL has. I'm not exactly sure what it was that they found when they did his drug test, but I'm sure it was steroid-related or something like that. Um, But I know there's a lot of, like, what they consider performance-enhancing. I know one NFL player got suspended years ago uh, for PED that they found in his drug test, but it was actually a prescription medication he was on from his doctor. So some of these uh, PEDs that they're claiming are PEDs, I think are a little ridiculous. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure what they found in his system, but he's going to miss the first four games of the season. Yeah. Um, The good thing is they have the your left tackle first rounder was it Anton Harrison? Yeah. So he he should become the immediate starter for that situation. So you lucked out there, but yeah, I don't know what I was trying to look for. um, What he violated, how he violated it, and uh, I couldn't really figure it out. Um, I looked on multiple sources, and it doesn't look like anything specific. But it doesn't always have to be like what you think, like steroids and stuff. Wise. Their their list of banned substances is so long. Um, it can even it could even be a like uh, we talked about before. Um, guy with the brain, he has like a head tumor or something. And he always takes medicine, and he's on the Bears, Dallas. Oh right, his yeah. His name's never. St- oh, I forget what the hell his name is. But he took when he was with Dallas, he took a prescribed medicine, and he actually got banned for a game or two, and. I guess I don't know if you had to find it or what, but it's like, come on! If it's prescribed, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, th- I think the NFL is becoming every year we see them getting a little bit. Not I wouldn't say lenient, but they're starting to become more educated on what actually should be an illegal substance and what shouldn't be. Like I know right. within the last year or two, we've seen them. They're not testing for THC or or not. They're not failing or suspending anybody for THC anymore because it is uh, recreationally legal in so many states as NFL teams. So, and I don't know what, like I said, I don't know what their policy is on PEDs, um, but I know some guys take testosterone, not for the performance enhancing aspect of it, but because, you know, some guys do have low testosterone levels. So I don't know if that's something that the NFL would suspend a guy for, but I know that's something that if you go to your doctor, they prescribe you medication for stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know if like the, if a guy's prescribed medication like that, if he has to get it cleared with the NFL first, or if the NFL will just let it slide because it was prescribed by a doctor. Like I said, I'm not sure 
100% on the policies that they have in place for stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate that we don't get to see that side of the NFL um, as a fan or a, uh, you know, like a follower because of, you know, they wouldn't be anything without us. And that's a big part of it. And that, um, that can make or break a team really. I mean, thankfully you have that first rounder to back up, but I'm sure he's still not what Cam Robinson is. Right. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, but it like it's happened before with quarterbacks and, you know, it could four games for a quarterback could make or break your season literally. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we can't see that side of everything because it almost makes it feel rigged at times, but situation yeah. like this, the left tackle, yeah, they're important, but you know, I don't really think that's something that they're like, I don't know, like they're trying to rig anything. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just unfortunate. We can't see that side of it. I like to, yeah. I like to see the whole perspective of things. Yeah. And I mean, every position is is important in the NFL, and the left tackle position right, is yeah. is is probably your most important position top, yeah. on the offensive line. So I mean, mm-hmm. they're definitely gonna miss Cam Robinson. I think they'll be all right for. I mean, we've seen longer suspensions than four games, so this is right. kind of one of the the mild ones that we've seen lately. So I mean, if if they have to lose him. If they has because he's suspended, if they have to lose him, uh, you know, better it be for only you know a few games like four, rather than you know half the season or an entire season or something like that. Like like you said, they they drafted an off offensive line, uh, you know, this past year, so they've got a little bit of depth there for situations like this or injuries where they they need to, um, you know, put someone next up. So I mean. I like the the chances of them winning without him. I mean, like I said, he is one of the better offensive linemen in the league. Um, so I, he is going to be missed, but they have they have depth there where they can you know put someone in and still have success without him while he's on suspension. Yep, and that's okay. like three some three some million dollars in base salaries lost. Yeah, like math. I said, it's. It's $888,888 per game that he's losing for those mm-hmm. four games. So, I mean, he is one of the higher paid guys at his position. So, right. I mean, he's it's losing a lot of money for a lot yeah, of he's, he's losing a lot of money. I mean, you and I, $888,000, that's 10, 12 years of salary for us, you know? So, I mean, he's, uh, like I said, definitely going to be missing that cash and you know i think um when i read the other day about this this suspension this season completely voids all his guaranteed money for this year so i mean if if he gets in if something happens where he's not going to play the rest of the season even after the four game suspension i mean he's losing all that guaranteed money which is kind of stupid for him but i mean i don't yeah. know we'll see Yep, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be cool to see your young guy step in though. There's always a silver lining, and maybe getting this guy four games, and when you get Cam back, if Cam gets hurt, you know now you have a little bit more of an experience under uh, Anton's belt. So yeah, I mean, a silver lining to something. I I expect 
you know him to get some playing time regardless of the suspension or not. So I mean, he's definitely going to get his fair share this season. So we'll see what he can do when, you know, our most important lineman is out, but uh, I expect big things from him. So, okay. So the Buffalo Bills training staff will be honored during the 2023 SB awards for their life-saving measures performed when DeMar Hamlin collapsed in January. So every member of the Bills training staff is going to get, is going to be awarded the Pat Tillman award for service. And I think this is awesome because, you know, they did a hell of a lot to help DeMar Hamlin out and, you know, inevitably saved his life. So I don't think we recognize the, I don't want to say little people, but the people behind the scenes that not too many people know about. So I think this is like, this is tremendous that they're going to honor, you know, the people that saved his life and, you know, kind of give recognition to the little guys out there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely awesome. Um, and they did a hell of a job. Um, what did he, was he? He was like lifeless for like wasn't something yeah. crazy like six minutes or something. And they still fought. It was a couple minutes. It was, yeah, yeah, it was a long time. I, I mean, it's it was some some kind of number that sounded unrealistic. That I was like, is that even possible? Yeah. But they kept working at him, and uh, yeah, he's back to playing pretty much. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's back on the practice field. He's participating That's... fully. Yeah, just, that's pretty incredible. It is, considering, you know, just five, six months ago, he, you know, this all happened to him. So, I mean, to be back at it again in this short period of time is just incredible. I mean, I don't think we – I didn't expect him to be back at it already. I mean, I expected him to be out a little bit yet. I, I mean, I didn't expect him to miss this season, but I expected him to take, you know, a little bit more than five, six months to recover from – essentially dying on the field. So, I mean, yeah, uh, this is a great honor for the training staff. And uh, I think, you know, they definitely deserve it. And I don't know, I don't know when the ESPYs, I mean, I haven't watched the ESPYs in a couple of years, um, but I don't know exactly when it is, but I I assume it's going to be coming up here shortly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Let's see, July 12th. July at 12th. 8 p.m. At 8 p.m. Yeah, that's yeah. That's SB's on ABC. Yeah, I like I said, I haven't watched it in a while, but I know it's it's a big to do in the sports world, not just for the NFL, but for all the sports: baseball, basketball, hockey. You know, even like tennis and stuff like that. Like they they uh, honor everybody. Um, I did want the last, I think the last time I watched it is when Peyton Manning hosted it, which he's just uh, hilarious. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job of hosting and he's kind of Peyton Manning's always kind of been that guy or he's not really a great actor, but he does, you know, he's got that comedy aspect to him. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to touch on with this is, you know, it's, you can't say there's any, like, you can't say it's a good thing that that happened to, uh, DeMar Hamlin, like anything like that. But like I said earlier, there's always seems to be a silver lining behind some, everything. And this did kind of bring awareness to athletes, especially in like grade schools and stuff, um, having these heart conditions. And now they're making it like mandatory, mandatory to have those for the AEDs. Yeah. Um, in the buildings and stuff. 
Yeah, I've seen uh, their past like senates are passing bills to make it mandatory for the defibrillators to be at schools with athletic events. So that's always yeah. pretty awesome that that something like that's happened because you've heard about it before, but it wasn't like a lot of attention drawn to it. So, well, I mean, something so, some, something like this happens is great. And that yeah, respect. I. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I coached high school football uh, last year. Um, and, you know, before every game, the announcer would always say that that is the leading cause of death in high school athletes is the heart attack on the on the field or during. The, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know yeah. that. So they make it aware um, before every game, the announcer said that. And then he made aware of where the AED was uh, and where the medical professionals were just in case an emergency situation would happen where it was needed. So, I mean, it's becoming more and and then sad to say, but it's becoming obviously more and more relevant that stuff like this is happening, that they have to make announcements like that. And they have to, um, you know, make aware of where, you know, the equipment is to save lives and stuff like that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm kind of glad that, you know, they are not making light of any situation and, Everybody knows what's going on and, you know, more lives are saved because of stuff like that. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what what do you think the reason that's the – is it because, like, you're still young and developing? Like, I know in high, in school when I played football, I had a um, irregular heartbeat, heart murmur, yeah. that's what you call it. Yeah. And uh, I think it's pretty common, especially in, like, teens and, like, going through, like, your – early stages of like teenage life and stuff. Well, you think that's a reason for it or? Yeah. And I mean, and we're not medical professionals by any <laughs> yeah, means. This is, this is a... all just, yeah, this is all just speculation, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe because so many kids go undiagnosed because you don't think like a teenager you know, somebody in their late teens playing sports, you don't think that they're going to have like a heart condition or anything. And, you know, you don't necessarily find out about it until you get involved in sports and you become more active and get cardio and whatnot. So, I mean, maybe that's why, because you don't mm-hmm. expect a, You don't expect a kid to have a heart condition. And then when he finally does get himself involved in sports, that's what brings it up and, you know, makes it, makes its presence known. So, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I never really looked into it. Um, you think yeah, there'd it, be more talk about it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe now there is in, in your when you teach high school and stuff. And I, I haven't been around that in a while, so maybe now there is. But it's like as a parent, I feel like that should be a thing. Yeah, like, and, and maybe, hey, maybe 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 during your checkups at your doctor, like make it known that your kids are pretty physically active and you yeah. know. Um, and maybe I'm just not remembering, but back when I was in high school, now this is, I graduated in 2008. So, I mean, I don't remember them before any game making that announcement or anything like that. But like I said, I could I could be mistaken. I I, they didn't, they definitely didn't. I don't yeah. remember that either. I, I mean, I graduated. Just not attention. Yeah. Like I graduated 15 years ago and I don't remember them making any announcements <laughs> like that. So, I mean, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I have no idea. I don't remember, but. I mean, I noticed it now this past season coaching and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, thankfully, we haven't had any issues with any of our kids or any of our opponents' kids or anything like that. So, But, you know, 
like I said, they did make the announcement. It is a big deal. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what the reason is for it, but it's uh, scary to think about. Yeah, it's something I would definitely consider as my kids get older and more active if that's what they're into. It's pretty yeah. uh, pretty, pretty scary at that level when you're just a kid. But Yeah, and I mean, they're since we've been kids and since we've played football and stuff like that, every year they take measures to make the game safer. Um, I mean, yeah. we've seen that just with the, like the protective equipment and stuff like that, that they come out with every year. So, I mean, have they advanced like with their helmets and stuff in high school since we were in school? Oh yeah. 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 We've oh, seen okay. this past year, we got uh, pretty much all the, the Rydell helmets, the newer ones. Um, I mean, I think Kinda that's like the NFL and the college. Yeah, are rocking. Yeah. I mean, I think above all else, that's the main concern and that's the main focal point for any uh, school athletics is safety. So, I mean, you don't want, we're not, you don't want any kids playing with the old leather helmets like they were back in the twenties and stuff like that. So, <laughs> I'm pretty so, sure that would be yeah. frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure last year, every year they get new equipment, not all new equipment, but you know, we, make aware to the athletic director and stuff like that. If there's any, you know, helmets that need to be replaced or any equipment that needs to be replaced. Right, yeah. They yeah, they do yeah, a pretty good job taking care of getting us what we need to make sure that all the kids, you know, are as safe as they could possibly be. So, I mean, but some cool or some schools don't have that option. I mean, a lot of schools don't necessarily have the budget that other, other schools do. So, I mean, some schools might be playing with older helmets that are maybe out of date and maybe aren't as safe as the newer ones that we have nowadays. So, I mean, but yeah, it's it's scary to think about. It, you know, you don't want to think about somebody collapsing on the field or anything like that, but it you know, unfortunately it does happen. Yeah, and not to get off topic real quick, but my school was so small, we had to uh, – they, they had vanned us to a – school close to us that was yeah. a, like a bigger school that actually had a football team. We didn't have a football team. All we had was like a soccer team and stuff. So that's what I wish more schools would do now looking back at it. Instead of, you know, sacrificing safety and, you know, with your budget and all for a smaller school, just get with get a program together with a local school that's a much bigger and, you know, um, financially set to be able to take in more students and, um, you know, start a program there. And I feel like that would be a better route. So kind of glad my school did that. I, we wouldn't have, you know, the option to play football really. Um, yeah. they didn't do that. So it's pretty And cool. I don't, I don't know too many schools besides yours. And I know there's one local, well, not local, but around this area that also doesn't have a football team, but their, their students are allowed to play, at one of like another local school outside they of the district. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, um, and I don't know if that's everywhere that doesn't have a football team or just, you know, the few schools that we know of, but I mean, I think it's good, um, you know, for them to have that option. I mean, just because your school doesn't have a football team, doesn't mean you shouldn't be allowed to play football. I mean, you should be able to go, you know, to a nearby school that you know, has a football team and be given the opportunity. I mean, and I don't know, like, 
maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like football is probably the most popular sport in this country. Um, so I'm not sure hey, why. Baseball. Baseball is a big one. I mean, I know basketball. Out out of all the professional major professional sports, I know the NFL is definitely, you know, the uh, most popular one. But you know, I don't know. I've I haven't looked into it. I don't know what the statistics are. But at I, a grade I, school level, yeah. I mean, I I would assume like soccer is a big one. I know, but I would think like football is popular enough and big enough in this country that like every school should have a, a football team and at least give their students that option. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Why. But like you said, we, we wouldn't even had a field for it. Um, we would have had no place to put a, well, we, we could have redid our one field, I guess, but, uh, and it, got, it wasn't, wouldn't be in the budget by any means. I'm you sure. guys didn't have like a, a, you guys didn't have a soccer team or anything like that. We did. Um, but I, I'm not even sure if that those seasons overlap in school. I couldn't tell you anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We were a huge so, soccer team. Like, like we we're, we're like state champions uh, multiple times. Yes, my we, school was too. But I mean, like high school football is only Friday nights, and soccer can be any night of the week. So I, I think that they could have rearranged the schedule to not make it overlap. But I mean, if you yeah, have, if you right, yeah. if you have a soccer team, you have a soccer field. You can have a football team. Maybe you, <laughs> yeah, probably. You just just got to spend a little extra money to get you know goalposts and stuff like that. So, I mean, Maybe it was just cheaper to program up with the local school. Oh yeah, you know, soccer yeah. shorts and cleats are a hell of a lot cheaper than spending money on pads yeah. and helmets. And, <laughs> yeah, that's so. a big expense there. Yeah, and fields. Yeah. Not to mention, like the field we played on was at the time. I think um, for the, on the high at the high school level was like over a million dollars for their new yeah. turf at the time and everything. So. There's no way yeah. would ever done that. Yeah, we had we had a grass field when I was in high school, and now actually, I think it was last year, or the year before my high school actually put in and spent like a million dollars on on turf field too. So. Yeah, it's ridiculous how how expensive it is. I know. Yeah, I mean, personally, I mean, I could see why the schools are doing it and getting the turf fields because it's less to maintain. You know, you just oh, for sure. you don't have to mow it or, or you know keep up with it or anything like that. But it, as far as like a safety aspect of it, it's definitely it hurts, it hurts it, so much more. Oh my gosh, yeah, it is definitely better for your body to play on grass than oh artificial God, turf. Yeah. I thought you, know. you were going to say the opposite because it's no, like no, no, concrete underneath yeah. it. <laughs> and you have with it's the like, with the artificial turf too, like you have like soft spots and like. We see, like, even in the NFL playing on the artificial turf, like, you see guys have non-contact injuries all the time because of the field. Oh, yeah. So, and you could ask any NFL player, and they'll tell you that they would prefer to play on grass than the artificial turf because it's just not good on the body. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of guys have non-contact injuries because of artificial turf. And then think about it at like a unprofessional high school level where the maintenance and the upkeep on it, you know, um, if it does bunch up or roll or need to be adjusted, um, how much it lacks at a high school level compared to a professional level. So it's probably even worse <laughs> on these kids. But, but think, about, think about when you were in high school, the guys 
the lawn, the groundskeepers and stuff like that that were taking care of the fields and stuff. Like these guys, they didn't go to school for that. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. Like we just said, ours was a grass field. I'd more. imagine some somebody was trained on it. They have had to. Know. I would hope so. You don't just wing it. <laughs> you don't just wing it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, these, you know, like the professional sports teams and stuff. They have obviously a whole grounds crew, and uh, you know, yeah guys that go to school for like the field management and stuff like that but i can remember when i was in high school the, the, you know the guy that took care of our field was just <laughs> some guy with a lawnmower and like i don't even know if he worked for the school they like he just mowed the grass so i mean uh, paid him in beer yeah yeah i mean so i would hope like these people these uh, schools that are spending a million dollars on you know, the artificial turf field <laughs> that they would have somebody that's knowledgeable in how to maintain and if there is an issue with it, how to properly repair it or fix it <laughs> so that way no one gets injured. I mean, if I'm spending a million dollars on something like that and if it's that sophisticated, which I don't think it is, I feel like I've watched them repair it like and it's like like a Velcro or something. Maybe that's just an older style, but it like kind of stays down like with a tacky strip or something. Yeah. But anyways... I, I feel like if I'm paying over a million dollars, there better be some, you know, some training for my guys. <laughs> they, you know, they send some a, live they just, they training. You a, yeah, they just send you a DVD along with the, here's your new field. <laughs> there's, a, yeah. there's a DVD in here's, with the, here's, <laughs> here's how to unpack and install your new field. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucked. Uh, yeah. You, just, you have to watch a DVD and, you know, you're on your own after that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy thing about though. Yeah, I mean, some of the costs that go into this stuff and football's a you know, even at like a high school level, if you put all you know all the high schools across the country together, it's probably hundreds of billions of dollars invested in you know football for you know school programs and stuff like that. It's it's crazy to think about. Yeah, and the parents and people with property taxes are the ones pretty much paying it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know what kind of grants, or I don't know if they get any of that kind of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I would imagine not. I mean, I would think that it's all solely up using, to your local taxes. Yeah, either that, or you know, the, the state's given a budget out for. I mean, because I think the schools have to request like a budget every year for their sports programs and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, maybe you get you know, budget for a new field or field upgrades every few years or every 10 years or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. And it probably goes by your, you know, how many people you got, you yeah, know, your, your school count, you know, yeah, your student count and shit yeah. like that. So yeah, how many would, kids you not got? Not every school would get the same amount. Right. Yeah. Anyways, we went way off topic. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Saints tight end Foster Moreau, happy to announce uh, Monday that his cancer is now in full remission. So I know, you know, I think it was a, a month or two ago we we talked about him and he said he was still going to play even having still he was going through chemo at the time. So now he is in full remission and he can kind of get back to focusing on football and stuff like that. So that's that's great news to hear. Yeah, he had a uh, Hopkins or uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So yeah, that's. From my understanding, that's what my grandfather went through, and from my understanding, that's a pretty hard one to, you know, reach full uh, remission on it. Yeah, I could be wrong on that, but you know, that's that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, me too. I mean, it's it's good to see. You know, I and I was I was kind of worried about him playing this year because, like I said, the last time we talked about this, he was still going through chemo and stuff like that. And like I said, that that can be a bitch going through chemotherapy because what it does to your body, and you know, even though it's trying to get rid of the cancer, it's still has a pretty rough effect on you know your immune system. So I mean. I can only imagine, you know, what the average person, you know, who has a regular nine to five goes to work and can feel like shit after going through, you know, chemotherapy treatment and stuff like that, let alone having to play football and get hit by 300 pound guys. I can only imagine what it would have done to him. So for him to finally, you know, be in full remission and hopefully it doesn't come back and he can stay cancer free for the rest of his life. I mean, you know, I'm glad to hear this news and I'm glad that he's going to be able to get back to full health and, you know, get healthy enough to be on the football field again. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. Let's go fuck yourself. Cancer. Yeah. You love to hear it. Yeah. And hopefully he stays in remission. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I always say, man. It'd just be a scary cycle to have cancer. I mean, I'm not saying, I won't someday because chances are you probably will. They say almost everybody will if you reach a certain age. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's pretty shitty. But uh, that's the shitty thing about cancer, man. You go into remission and then some people come out eventually. It's just, it's a scary, scary thing. And unfortunately we don't have a cure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think, um, Years ago, not years ago, but like a few years ago, uh, I think it was Chiefs safety, Eric Berry. He kind of had, I forget what what type of cancer he had, but I know he missed a lot of time because of it. I think he missed like an entire season because of it. So, Oh, really? Yeah. So, I, I mean, unfortunately, you know, some guys don't get as lucky as Foster Moreau where, you know, he's in full remission and able to come back without missing any time. Like I said, Eric Berry, I'm pretty sure he missed an entire season because of it. So, I mean, you know, I'm very happy to hear this about Foster Moreau, and hopefully he can stay in remission and the cancer never comes back. So, And I'm excited to see him play for the Saints this year. I mean, he's going to be their number one tight end probably, and he's probably going to be you know, one of the better tight ends in that division. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see him play. I was just looking at pictures on Twitter of him, and it's just it's the first time I've seen one of those Guardian helmets in a while. They're so stupid. Yeah, I mean, they're they're I guess they're they're pretty effective from what I've been hearing, but makes it look, they look like fucking bobbleheads on the field. I know. I I I, I think they're playing preseason with them on, aren't they? Yeah, this, are, are this year they're playing preseason with them. I, that, or the, I swear I've seen that somewhere. I could be wrong, but I thought they only had to use them in, in training camp for for contact. I thought I've seen somewhere they might utilize them in tra- uh, preseason, or maybe they just meant they might allow them in preseason. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> like they don't even look like they would stay on. Like just if you were running like a full sprint down the field, it looks like it would just fly off. <laughs> Like, I I'm don't know. assuming they 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 clip to your it your probably buttons. snaps in yeah snaps in yeah. somehow uh, or they add buttons to the helmet to snap in yeah I'm sure that's not hard so 
yeah. it's a cool idea, but yeah, it's it just is. like it looks it's, can it's we, so silly. Like, can't we just put like an invisible, like an air pocket or something in the helmet? You know, <laughs> to where I mean, I guess they kind of have that. That's what the pouches are for. But somehow, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like we're in two thousand. We're gonna be in two thousand twenty-four in a few months, and. I just feel like I, we should have a helmet that's, like, impossible yeah, to get a fucking head trauma with. When I was playing football years ago, it was one of the first years that the shut helmets came out with the the uh, air pads inside where you could inflate or deflate the pads. That's what I played with. Yeah. yeah and I thought, I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever at the time. I was like, dude, I'm airing up my helmet. Dude, for, like, the first two weeks of the season's, I would just get a migraine so fucking bad. Well, you probably had too much air in it, squeezing your head. Well, the trainer, the trainer uh, does it for you, like yeah. when they when they fit your helmet. So you know, it's like they tell you want, they they want it as tight as you can, you know, withstand it so yeah. it's safe. Um, but it's like Jesus Christ! I had like a migraine for like two weeks, and then you finally get used to it. <laughs> But that was fucking. That's all I remember from those helmets. It's like this sucks. This sucks. Yeah. It was that was like the epitome of of helmet technology back then. And now, <laughs> yeah, you're... it's, just, it's <laughs> like Nike pumps. Yeah, you pump up <laughs> yeah. the, the pump sneakers. The, yeah, yeah, the basketball like, on the tongue. The tongue, the yeah. yeah, the tongue. Yeah, yeah, those were cool too. <laughs> like it done anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're just sitting there <laughs> pumping the shit out of it, and, like, and this is making no difference at all. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a placebo, then it still works. Yeah, yeah, it was helps. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> but that was just funny. I just seen it on Twitter and just made me think of how stupid those things are. Yeah, but if they work. They work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a good idea to use in training camp, uh, and like maybe if they are using them in preseason. But not well, in regular season. I can't right. watch that. Yeah, I just I don't know if <laughs> like, I would be able to watch those guys running around. Dorks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to have, I mean, not to come off wrong, and I don't wish head trauma or anything like that on anybody, but you have to have some kind of risk for injury. That's why they're getting paid what they do. Yeah. Like, if they take if they take it that all away, then the average Joe like me and you can go play, and wow. where's the risk? And they shouldn't be they shouldn't be being paid what they get paid. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still want to, you want to protect them as much as you possibly can, but right. The, right. 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 But, I, mean, I, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch your football game where the guys get injured every five seconds. Like, Oh no, wanna, no, no, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I'm just saying like, you're not going to bubble wrap these guys right. any more than what they, like, I think we're good where we're at. Yeah, like if you could figure the helmet situation out to to fit inside the helmet that the style that they currently have and not be any bigger and goofy looking, I'm yeah. cool with that. But as far as like other pads and other shit, you know, I I think we're cool. I think we're cool where we're at. I don't. We don't need to bubble wrap these guys anymore. We already bubble wrapped the fucking quarterbacks enough. Yeah. Um, just just verbally with penalties and shit. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, and every year they're coming out with new helmets too. So. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the NFL has that rule where if a helmet is more than 10 years old, like it's not allowed to be used anymore. Um, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, like I said, they're they're coming out with new designs and, and new forms of protection for just the base helmets every year. So, I mean, it's 
I, I don't see those <laughs> pads for being necessary. Um, but it's good to to wear, you know, during training camp stuff like that because they they are doing they are, do do full contact and stuff like that during training camp, and you don't want to see anybody yeah. get injured during during training camp, especially you know when it's teammate against teammate. So I mean, it's a good idea for that, but I I don't want to see it during the regular season. All right, you know, but we'll see where this goes. Um, I know college always seems to be. Do you feel like they're behind college, like? safety standpoint or do you feel like their rules and regulations and you know things they do are ahead of the NFL uh I don't I wouldn't necessarily say they're ahead of the NFL I think they're probably working together because you know they have the same helmet styles and you know the same helmets like NFL teams but do. They, didn't, they didn't used to work together you could tell they were way off on, on uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure like they, years ago they were but I, I think uh, nowadays, like they have like the same, and it all depends too, I guess, on the school. Like a school mm-hmm. like LSU and Alabama, who you know their gross profits are millions of dollars every year. I'm sure they've got better equipment and you know stuff like that, maybe than like Penn Tech or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it depends on you know how much money the school has. Like I know LSU, they've each one of their lockers has recliners and like an LED TV in it. So, you know, some of the teams are ahead of the curve when it comes to stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm sure the NCAA has rules and regulations against helmets and stuff like that, that each school has to comply to. So I don't want to say mm-hmm. the NCAA is behind the NFL. Cause I think they're probably neck and neck when it comes to, you know, concussion safety and concussion protocol. So, I mean, I think they're both pretty much even. Yeah, I think in, the in like, the penalty standpoint, um, I feel like college is a little bit more um, leading towards safety, probably because they're yeah. dealing with younger guys um, in general, especially when they weren't getting paid. Um, but, like, they have the targeting rule and shit like that. So right. that they actually review, which I, I love that. Um I don't think the NFL should adopt that. I'm not saying that, but I love that in the younger guys that are, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't want to see these guys kill themselves for the amount of money that they, exactly, you know, yeah. they used to make no money, but at least they're making something now, but you also don't want to see them kill themselves when they're trying to get to a much bigger place like the NFL. So yeah, that's cool. And that's cool for them to do that in college, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, some of these guys, they, even if they have the opportunity to play in the NFL, they just play college football and, you know, move on to, you know, a career getting a regular nine to five job or they use their degree, you know, for something else. But I mean, these guys, like I said, the safety aspect is definitely there, you know, more now than it ever was. Like I said, they're coming out with new helmets and, you know, this concussion technology, they have literally have, teams of scientists just specifically working on, you know, trying to prevent concussions as, you know, as much as they can. So, I mean, it's cool to see that. Um, Some of the designs (laughs) I'm not a fan of. I think some of them are ugly. Like that one that George Kittle and Nick Bosa wear. So ugly. I know. Like um, events. They have like scoops on the side. Yeah. It's like, what do you need that for? It's disgusting. I hate looking at it. Like 
but you know it it, it does the, the design does have you know a way of protecting so i mean it's good and maybe these guys some of these guys don't care what they look like as long as they're you know fully protected so i don't know we'll see well, I mean, that's someone... what I would probably go to. That would be my go route. I mean, I don't understand why it has to look ugly to be better, but, uh, you know, why can't you make it look like the other ones to be just as well and just try to, like, make it look similar. But, yeah, I'm going to go to the, you know, whatever the safest route is because that means more playing time if you don't get any concussions. Tua knows yeah. all about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Tua actually... needs to be in bubble wrap. Well, he uh, so he's wearing he's wearing. I don't know, I, I don't know what the the exact specific helmet was, but they they designed one specifically for quarterbacks this year, and oh, uh, to to uh, actually switch to that helmet because of all his concussions last year. So, I mean, I'm excited to see, you know, the, the what technology. was he using before that? The, his same helmet from high school, or what? <laughs> no, I mean, why? He, why do they have thirty-five concussions in one week? I, I don't know. Some guys, it's <laughs> it's weird to, and everybody's you know body is different when it comes to you know medical stuff. But it's weird to think about like all the quarterbacks in the NFL are getting hit all the time, and you know one guy like Tua has concussion three times a year, and you know the next guy doesn't have any at all, and it, it's just. I don't know what what Tua what his problem is or, or why he keeps having concussions, but he needs all the help he can get in the helmet department. <laughs> yeah, did you ever uh, did you ever uh, do you ever know like what a concussion actually is? So it's um, um, the, I hate talking about medical stuff because I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but as far as I know, because I've had. A, a few when I played football it's when you, your brain kind of hits the inside of your, your, yeah, it's like, it's like surrounded in like a fluid and it yeah. moves enough to where it, like it, I don't it know can, if it hits your skull or it just whatever, yeah, whatever's, whatever solid pieces in there. It hits. Isn't that uh, so weird to think about? Yeah. And then it swells up and it's fucking weird. Yeah. So when, when I was a younger, I was told that, you weren't allowed to sleep more than like a couple hours if you had a concussion. And now I, I, I just found out recently that like, that's all bullshit. Like you're allowed to sleep on a concussion. Is that oh, true? Really? Or, I, I mean, that's what uh, I, uh, I've only had like two concussions in my life, but uh, I remember when I was a kid, I got hit really hard in the head with something and, yeah. and uh, they didn't let me go to sleep. <laughs> like, like for a long time, like that night I had to like stay up for like a couple hours and, so as far as I know, that's wrong. But obviously, shit changes, and and we're no medical professionals. So, yeah, I mean, I remember uh, when I had my concussion, and I, my brother had a concussion too. But my parents were waking us up like every two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a myth or not. Like I said, we're we're no doctors by any means. So, um. I don't know what the rule is on sleeping in concussions. Let's see. Can you sleep on concussion? Medical experts once warned people that should stay awake if they had a concussion. They based this advice on the theory that sleeping with a concussion could cause a person to fall into a coma or even die. However, however, medical experts now agree that it is safe for a person to sleep if they have a concussion. Oh, wow. Hmm. 
Okay. So I feel like rest. it would be better to sleep because it, you yeah, know, because it was, it's your brain. You need to rest, you know. Yeah this this article says sleep is a crucial part to the recovery process, which is pretty much for like everything with when you injure yourself. So yeah, I f- like I, I always thought it was kind of weird, but I never knew that until you know right now. So yeah, I mean, and it's thinking about it too. Pluto like, was once a planet, and now it's just a <laughs> dwarf uh, planet. So yeah, things yeah. change. You know, yeah, I mean, new science comes out every day. So something that was correct, you know, last week and might not be correct now. I mean, it's <laughs> it's weird to think about. But, yeah, I mean, I can imagine. Well, science is technically just a theory. It's not really a it's fact, a theory, right? It's a theory until it's proven. Yeah. Because it, it, once, it's, once it's proven, it's it's not really a theory anymore. It's, it's fact. So, uh What's the next one on uh, Buddy Baker there, bud? <laughs> Buddha Baker. <laughs> yeah, Cardinal safety Buddha Baker says he still plans to attend training camp with the Cardinals this month, uh, even though he requested a trade from the team. Um, your your notes say Buddy Baker. <laughs> yeah, I know. It probably <laughs> it probably auto corrected it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if you if you are requesting a trade from a team, I don't know that I would necessarily want to participate in training camp and risk injury because <laughs> you're going to kind of screw yourself in, you know, your trade stock. Um, but if they made it clear to him that they're not trading him, you know, then obviously you want yeah, to participate in training. Yeah. Obviously you want to participate and, you know, play yeah. well this year, but yeah. And you can't I mean, be traded while injured too. So if that's what you meant by hurting yourself. Yeah. So if well, he were that, to injure himself and yeah, not only that you can't, but if you're injured, no one's going to want to trade for you, even if they could. Yeah, I mean, who's who's going to want if he, if he if he would happen to, God forbid, you know, tear his ACL or something like that, he's going to miss the whole season. Like no one's going to want to trade for him then. Yeah, it's a. I don't know why he said he wanted a a trade. Maybe he's just fed up with that. Team. I mean. If yeah, if I was in Arizona, I would probably request a trade too. <laughs> but what I was getting at is, you gotta you gotta think before you go and just announce stuff like that to your your bosses and organization that you work for. You know what I mean? It's just like if you're at your job uh, where you work right now, and you were to go to your boss and say, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna start looking for a job," that's pretty much what he's saying. You know, you're kind of going to be on the shoe list. To a point, yeah. I mean, but like, if I mean, again, that's that's their business. Their business is different than ours. But you know, I'm just saying it's kind of similar, like in the sense in a sense where it's like it could be taken wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's not like if you walked into your boss's office right now and said, "Hey, I want to, I want to get be traded to another branch or another business," like. No, there's not. Uh, your boss isn't going to be like, oh yeah, I know someone I could send you to. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean. There's not, and once you decide, hey, I don't want to work here anymore. There's not other companies that are just coming through the woodwork to just, <laughs> you know, pick you up. So I mean, yeah, sports, sports is a different, um, it's a different thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, trading and stuff like that. So it's weird. Yeah, no, it is weird, but I just want to make a point. It's just you yeah. got to be careful when you kind of you decide that kind of stuff and really think it through. Like, do you think there's a chance where they trade me, or 
don't you? You know what I mean? And he, Buda Bakers, he's one of the better safeties in the league right now. So I can oh, imagine, for sure. I can imagine if something would happen where he decides that he's holding out or something like that, I'm sure someone will come forth and, you know, make a trade request for him and try to get him on their team. The Jets. They're just yeah. going all in. Aaron Rodgers, probably, he's probably talking to the Jets front office right now. About he wants, <laughs> he wants Buda yeah. Baker on his team. I would not be shocked. He yeah. wants everybody on his team. Oh, he Aaron Rodgers is building one hell of a team there in New York. <laughs> yeah. And the only person that's going to get credit for it is him. Yeah. The Jets Jets don't even care either. They're just going to ride it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like I said, he's building one hell of a team there, and hopefully they can do something with it. <laughs> he's building it for free, too. He just yeah. gets – he actually gets paid to build it. Yeah. Not a dime out of his pocket. Nope. He's he's spending other people's money. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah. All right. So newly retired defensive end JJ Watt is joining CBS this off or this season coming up as an analyst. Uh do you think and I'm I'm so tired of the big name players calling it a career I- and then becoming commentators like, yeah, JJ Watt's cool and all, but do we really need to listen to him? Like is Oh, I, I'm tired of it too. Yeah, I'm. I think it's going to be another Jason Witten thing where it's like JJ, JJ Watt's been on a couple shows here and there, so we know what he sounds like. And I just feel like it's going to be another JJ Watt or uh, yeah, JJ or Jesus Christ, um, Jason Witten. The you know, the thing, funniest get one. Him, get him for like a year and or maybe two, and it's just like, all right, we're done with him. Yeah, the, the funniest one is when Gronk retired and he was doing. <laughs> you oh, know, God. he was with Fox NFL Sunday for like a couple. Did they weeks not interview him? Like, no. And he sounded the, he sounded like your typical like college frat boy talking about football. He did. It's, it was so annoying. It, he's. He, I, mean, I love Gronk, but he is awful. That's one job that he is not good at. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's. that's... And who knows? Maybe JJ Watt. He's got a knack for this type of thing, and he'll, you know, be good at it. But I'm just tired of. Every year, when a big name player retires, automatically becomes a commentator. I, I think they just try too hard, especially if they had just retired. Yeah. Like I'm basing this off of Jason Witten because he's the <clears throat> the most recent one I can think of, other than Gronk, um, to just to like join this and try to make a name for himself, especially after you know what Tony Romo did, and then the, you know like. He uh, got like the most ever for a, a ho- oh, um, and he's like a sports he's, analyst. So he's phenomenal. I love listening to Tony Romo. A lot of people don't like him now. I, I, I don't love get. Him. I don't get the. I don't get the hate. They th- they he's, say like he's him and know. Jim. Him and Jim Nance are probably my favorite duo right now. As far as I don't commentators. even. I don't even realize it's him when I'm listening to him. I just enjoy yeah. him that it's him. You know what I mean? Like it has yeah. nothing to do with him being a cowboy. He's just very. He's very good at his job, and I don't know where people get. Um, get it from. There's a lot of negative, like last season, there was a, lo- a lot of negative talk about him, and they think that his contract was up in the air. And I don't, I don't think so. Do you? People no, were th- saying there was his contract talks were up in the air, like they could. And try I, to I, but it. I think that was like a an issue between him and the network. But I don't think, I think he's still going to be there because they signed him to a, a big like deal, a long term deal. So I think he's yeah. going to be there for a little bit, but yeah, I I love listening to Tony Romo. I think he's one of the best commentators out there right now, as far as NFL football. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
I mean, he just, he knows his shit. And like, you can tell by listening to him that he knows what the hell he's talking about. And fucking Jim Nance is just, yeah, you're right, Tony. <laughs> yeah, damn right he is. He's calling out the plays before they're happening. Yeah, I love when he does that. And I know there's a lot of people in the NFL that could probably do that, but just the fact that hit that's a kind of like his trademark since yeah. he's been doing it, it just yeah. stands out. And yeah. it's, it's kinda it's kinda cool to see like he's usually almost never wrong. Right. I'm Pretty excited cool. to see uh next year, not this year coming up, but the twenty twenty four when Tom Brady starts for Fox Sports. Is he um, still going through with it? As far as I know, he's going to be signing like a 10-year, 300-some million dollar deal. Um, but I'm excited. I've seen, I seen somewhere where it was kind of still up in the air. but And maybe he's not considering it now that he's you know got that minority ownership stake in, with the Raiders. Um, yeah. But as, as far as I know, he was that was the plan for him all along. But, yeah, I, I'm excited if he does because, you know, he's so smart when it comes to football. He's got a, a – Yeah, I, I think we need at least one season of him yeah. commentating just to, just, to, just, just to see what it's out. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think – because, you know, he's one of the greatest – he's probably the greatest quarterback ever, so it would be nice to see that yeah. hit the, the commentating box. So Fox would – oh, my God – he might even ask for more because I, I think, gonna. I think that's maybe that's why Fox is going to hire him because he's Fox's answer to Tony Romo. Yeah, you know, that's that, true. That's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you know, they want to get that kind of Tony Romo esque type guy in there that's going to be able to predict the plays before they're happening, and he talks so much about football and knows what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you have a guy like Romo that's barely done anything in his career, which he was still like he was still good. But I think he, I think besides not having any Super Bowl rings or you know that much success in the playoffs, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think I think Tony Romo had a successful career. I think he was a good quarterback. Outside of a, accomplishments like you just mentioned, yeah, I'd say so. But yeah, it's it's just it's just different because uh yeah Tom Brady on one network and <laughs> yeah and you got Tony Romo that's like total opposite accomplishment wise yeah in the NFL yeah zero zero to seven you know <laughs> yeah <funny. laughs> yeah I don't know we'll see uh I mean I'm not too thrilled about JJ Watt I don't know that he's gonna bring uh the the hype. No. I hype it all no. to any any network, so I don't know. We'll I don't see. know if you've I, ever listened to him before, but he's not very. No, I mean I, I've watched I watched like the this past year I watched the Hard Knocks documentary and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean he gets fired up before games and stuff like that, but he's not just sitting there like having a conversation with him. He doesn't seem like the type of guy to me that I would say, "Hey, this guy needs to be commenting on NFL games." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> And I don't know if he's going to be doing like the play-by-play during the game, or if he's just going to be one of the guys doing the pregame and halftime shows and stuff like that. I don't know. I didn't read too much into this as far as what he's all going to be doing. Yeah. And speaking of that, not to get off topic again, but I can't believe ESPN's firing all these people. Yeah. And I was really shocked crazy. about the um, big cat and PFT. Yeah. Like the whole. I, I don't know. I haven't read anything into it yet since, you know, 
this past weekend when I found out that they got fired by ESPN. So I don't know what the hell is going on, but I mean, yeah, ESPN's got a cleaning house. Apparently they wanted more control of it from what I've seen. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of what I heard too, but, and it was kind of, I don't want to say weird, but it was kind of shocking to me that ESPN signed big cat and PFT to a deal because of what they do with Barstool and not, not too many people outside of like the, the fans like you and I, like not too many people as far as like ESPN and stuff like that are big fans of Barstool sports, you know? Well, ESPN owns Barstool now, right? Do they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they took over Barstool. They double check that. Uh, I, yeah, you could be right. I don't know. I, but I didn't know that ESPN owned Barstool. Penn Entertainment now owns Barstool. I don't know what that is. I don't know either. But yeah, I mean, I guess I'm wrong. It was, yeah, it was kind of shocking to me because, uh, you know, Barstool is not your typical, you know, sports network. Uh, They're, they're raunchy, you know, they they march to the beat of their own drum. So it was kind Mm -hmm. of shocking to me that ESPN would even take on, you know, somebody associated with Barstool, but you know, now they're not associated with them anymore. So, but yeah, I love Barstool. I, I I love the content that they put out. You know, I listen to um, Pardon My Take. Uh, I listen to Busting with the Boys. You know, stuff like that. The the podcasts that they put out. So I, I like Barstool. And yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on in, on at ESPN right now. Oh, apparently they owned uh, or they uh, had a partnership in 2017 with ESPN that only lasted 10 days and then eBay or ESPN canceled it. Yeah. Probably... ESPN's just run by like impulsive CEOs. <laughs> like yeah. what is wrong with them? Like, are they just acting and not thinking like there's clean house like that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, out of nowhere. And you know, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. It is weird. I don't know what the hell's going on at ESPN right now. Um, but I I would much prefer to listen to the content that Barstool Sports puts out than ESPN right now anyway. So. Have you listened to Skip and Shannon or Skip now? Is he – I haven't really followed since – I haven't uh, either. I, I was, that's what I was just, getting at. Is it just him now or I, that's what i wanted to so ask you. i i did i did see something earlier today that said that skip kind of was hinting at, at lil wayne joining him as a his co-host wait lil wayne was joining his co yeah he loves lil wayne skip yeah. loves him skip was kind of trying to get lil wayne on there as his co-host so it's just it's just skip alone now i'm assuming I guess I haven't listened or watched since Shannon left, so I don't know what the hell it skips on. I don't know. It's I don't know. Called if it's called Undisputed. <laughs> we yeah. have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's doing it by himself now or if, if they're not doing it at all anymore. But yeah. Yeah. Awful we'll... announcement. Undisputed to begin post Shannon Sharp era on August 28th. Oh, hmm. taking the summer off to retool. So apparently yeah. they're not a thing right now. That's well, why I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I mean. It's just announced today is, that is August it, 28th they'll be back on. Is it saying that, that Skip's going to be back by himself, or is it saying that he's going to have a co-host? No, it says presumably with a new co-host to replace Shannon Sharp. Hmm. 
Yeah. What do so, you say they're coming back end of August? Candidates include, yeah, August 28th, Nick Wright, LaShawn. Oh, my God, I hope not, McCoy. Uh, he can't stand – I can't fucking stand McCoy. He drives me nuts. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson, Max Kellerman. Yeah, there's a lot of good people. Uh, I could see I, – I would be okay with Nick Wright doing it. I, I kind of like Nick Wright. I, I like I like Nick Wright, yeah. And maybe, and, maybe and Max not, Kellerman too. Yeah. I wish uh, – what's his name would come on over? Uh, Stephen A. His, Stephen <laughs> But doesn't matter where Shannon's going. Uh, what? ESPN. Where's, where's Shannon going? Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere right now. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he got a deal with somebody else. Uh, I, don't know, I, don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Stephen A. He, I would love for him. Oh my to, god! They would just scream at each other the whole time. It, it would. Yeah, it would just be like another. Because they, when Skip Bayless was with ESPN, you know, him and Stephen A. Smith did work together. So that was funny too to watch them. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah. yeah, that would that would be a riot. Yeah, that would, that's cool. So about eight weeks they got to yeah. figure out figure out what they uh, what they're gonna do there. Not that any most of our listeners may not even care. So, but <laughs> yeah. it's a good show if you haven't watched it. At least watch the old episodes. Yes, Shannon and Skip were always uh, comedic gold. I loved watching them. Yeah. Okay, so our last topic we're going to talk about real quick before we get into the state of the franchise segment. Um, it's going to be former Commanders center Chase Rulier announced his retirement from the NFL over social media today. Um, he was released by the Commanders on May 5th after finishing both of the last two seasons on injured reserved. Um, he started 63 games at center for Washington since being drafted in 2017. So he's retiring after just six years in the league. Um, and I'm assuming I haven't read too much into it that it is because of, you know, the injuries, like I said, he did spend the remainder of the last two seasons on injured reserve. So, I mean, you kind of hate to see a guy retire that young, but you know, he's just thinking about his life after football and what what it's going to be like dealing with all those injuries. Yeah. Um, he has dealt with a lot of injuries over his career and he's only 29. So, yeah. I mean, he yeah. looks. Well, I seen pictures. Of, I didn't realize he was only twenty nine until I read into it. But I was like, he looks yeah. like about forty. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a I lot of offensive linemen injuries, do. But, yeah, that's a guess. But. Big ugly offensive linemen. They never look like they're young. They always yeah. look. They always look like they're in their forties. He started sixty three games. So do the math and tell me. So, uh, so about ten games a year. Ten games a year. He was a, yeah played six that's league. Not, that's not too bad. No, nah. I don't think that's too bad. I've seen, I've seen other people, you know. Yeah, I guess that is a lot. You know, now I'm thinking of it because I just went off of like uh, trying to think who who would. Yeah, I guess they're all closer to forty though. Yeah. Yeah, like Tyrone Smith, he misses a good three four games a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. But when you when you hang it up, I guess if you're only playing ten games a year and you're supposed to be playing seventeen Six, or sixteen. 16 17, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's time <laughs> to hang it up for eventually the team's gonna get ready anyways, so Yeah. Well and they did, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he retired too, because he was a free yeah. agent and he just decided, you know, the injuries weren't worth starting over somewhere new in yeah. the city. Yeah. And 
you know, that's not bad season. Not a bad career thinking he was just a six-round pick. So Yeah. Yeah, we wish him the best of luck in his retirement, and you know maybe he'll be the next commentator for CBS or Fox. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Not everybody that leaves the NFL needs to be a commentator. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our state of the franchise segment. Uh, this week we're going to be doing the Cincinnati Bengals to start off. Um, they finished 12 and four last year, which was first place in the NFC North. As far as offensive statistics. Um, they were number seventh in the league with points per game at 25.7. Yards per game, they were 11th in the league with 353.8. Third down conversion percentage, uh, they were number four in the league at 46.9%. Fourth down conversion percentage, they were dead last in the league at 30%. And red zone scoring percentage, they were seventh in the league with 63.64%. Uh, rushing yards per game, even with Joe Mixon, uh, they finished 28th in the league with 95.9 yards per game. And then passing yards per game, they were 7th in the league last year with nearly 260 yards passing per game. And as far as defensive statistics, Matt, how did they do last year? Oh, on defense, opponent yards per game, they were 17th in the league at 337 yards. Um, opponent rushing yards per game, they were 5th in the league, which was their strong suit on defense. Um, at 103 yards, uh, passing yards per game, they struggled. They were towards the bottom at 26 in the league at 234 yards. And defensive key stats last season, uh, pony completion percentage, they were at 59%. Um, and opponent red zone scoring percentage, they were at 50%. So good, good at, uh, in the, at the rush in the middle, not so good on the outsides and coverage. Yeah. And, I mean, we've talked about the Bengals many, many, many times before. Um, right now, this is one of my favorite teams right now in the league. I mean, I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. Um, I think they've got one of the best receiving cores in football right now. Um, you know, they're going to have Joe Burrow back next year. Running back Joe Mixon is always – you know, a solid top five back in the league. Um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, you know, like I said, they've got one of the best receiving cores in football right now. Um, and they've even got some studs on defense, uh, you know, defensive tackle DJ Reader, uh, defensive ends Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, and then defensive back Chidobi Awuzie. So, I mean, this team all around, offensive and defense, obviously offense is a little bit, better than their defense is, but they've got a pretty stacked team and I could see them definitely finishing first place again in their division. And, you know, they're going to give the chiefs a run for their money, you know, and the last two seasons last year and, and 2021, it was a chiefs Bengals AFC championship game. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again, maybe the Bengals are going to pull out on top against the chiefs this year. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this was your AFC champion coming, uh, you know, this year. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see Baltimore surpassing them. Um, that would be my only, my only uh, question. Uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in Lamar, and I'll sure as hell take um, Cincinnati's quarterback over Baltimore's quarterback any day. Um, and I think Cincinnati's defense gotten a little better. I think Baltimore. 
I think they stayed pretty much the same. Um, maybe gotten a little better, getting a deal done with Lamar, getting some of his confidence back now, um, and him coming, him, you know, hopefully having a, an injury free season, unlike last year. So I still take Cincinnati probably around the same win loss, 12, 13, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, that there's a lot to, a lot of wins to steal within his, their own division. So yeah. they'll compete. They'll compete right with uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so the second and final team this week we're going to talk about is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. Now they finished thirteen and four last year, which was first place in the NFC West. Offensive wise, points per game they were sixth in the league with twenty five point nine points per game. Yards per game, they were number five in the league at 360 yards per game. Third down conversion percentage, they were sixth in the league with 45%. Fourth down conversion percentage, they were 29th in the league at 36.8%. Red zone scoring percentage, they were 20th in the league at 52.78%. And rushing yards per game, they were seventh in the league with 136.8 yards per game. And then passing yards per game, they were towards the middle of the pack there at number 14 with 223.1 yards per game. And Matt, how did they do on defense in 2022? Uh, Their defense was very exceptional. Um, Opponent yards per game, they were second in the league at 299 yards. Opponent rushing yards per game, um, second in the league behind Tennessee at 82 yards. And they are in the middle of the pack for passing yards per game at 16, 217 yards. And as far as their key takeaways, they are opponent completion percentage, 65%. Um, that's not the best. You'd like to see lower than that, especially for a team that was this stacked. And then opponent uh, red zone scoring is 57%. So, yeah, um, they're an all-around pretty solid team, and I don't really see them getting any worse. I could see them getting better, especially having McCaffrey for a full season now. Yeah. Um, to, and as far as their defense, I think they're going to stay just the same. I don't think – I think I – I don't really know any key guys that they had lost that would decline – they haven't, yeah. Yeah, they haven't. I mean, That's what I could think of. Yeah, they're pretty much like offensive wise, either side of the ball. Obviously, I think we can both agree this is probably the best defense in football um, after last season. Um, but, you know, offensive wise, too, e- even with, you know, quarterback Brock Purdy, if he's going to be playing all year, uh, we still have yet to see it when his. You know, injury is going to be fully healed if he's coming back for week one or not. Like you said, they're going to have Christian McCaffrey for a full season rather than having gotten him in a trade last year. Um, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, that offense is just stacked. Um, no matter who they have under center, I think they're going to be just uh, – they're going to be okay. Um, and like I said, the, they have probably the best defensive football with Bosa, linebacker Fred Werner. Even defensive tackle Eric Armstead is, you know, one of the better interior linemen, defensive linemen in the league right now. Um, so I definitely see them winning this division again next year. Uh, even with Matt Stafford being healthy with the Rams, uh, you know, I don't see them 
coming back and dethroning the 49ers for that division. Um, and, you know, and the Cardinals and the Seahawks, I can see the Seahawks possibly, you know, winning second place, but I don't see anybody coming in and taking that number one spot from San Francisco next year. Yeah. Um, no, definitely not in their division, but I will say, I do think, um, Philly has a very, really almost the same as last year's defense, if not maybe a little better. Um, and then Dallas, I do think Dallas will have the best defense in the NFC this year. I don't know about in football. We'll see what the AFC kind of comes to, but the addition of Stefan Gilmore is huge for them. And, uh, yeah, I just – I love everything about the 49ers team. Like you said, their defense is probably top two. And their offense, Kyle Shanahan, is just probably – <laughs> like probably one of the, I'd say he's probably the smartest coach in the league. That's so undercredited and not talked about. You know what I mean? Right. Like you hear about yeah. the 49ers a lot and you hear about this and that, and this, but you never hear about Kyle. And right. at least I don't, I, I just, I see that I'm crediting the 49ers and people don't realize this is a team that makes it to the playoffs every year, deep into the playoffs. Usually um, they may not, not, they might not take home a chip, but, you know, they're also dealing with, like, well, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, especially at quarterback um, the last few years, whether it was Jimmy G getting injured or now Brock Purdy or, you know what I mean? And they still seem to hang in there. Uh, and I think they would have had a hell of a shot to make the Super Bowl this year if they would have stayed healthy. Right. But the unfortunate not having a quarterback in the playoffs is never a good thing. Right. Uh, especially in the fourth, the first, first quarter, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's just very unfortunate events for them and their team that can go all the way to the Super Bowl at any given year with Kyle Shanahan as their coach. Yeah. And I think like you said, with injuries and stuff like that, if this team can stay healthy this year, um, I can fully you know, see them winning the NFC um, and being their representative in the Super Bowl. Um, I could too. Based off of Kyle Shanahan being their coach, right. yeah. I think he's the best coach in the NFC. Yeah. With, you know, with Kyle Shanahan's football knowledge and his offense, which is, you know, second to none, um, you know, and then this defense being as good as they are, like this, this is probably, you know, one of the most well-rounded teams in the NFL right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, like I said, I, I can expect them, maybe not expect them to, but I can definitely see them winning the NFC. And the biggest part about getting to a Super Bowl is staying healthy right. and working your way through it. And his offense is just a plug and play offense. Like yeah. you don't need anybody specific. It, I mean, it helps when you actually have a quarterback that's played, plays quarterback. Right. <laughs> unlike, unlike in their playoff situation. Right. Uh, um, so, I mean, that's, you know, it's not fully plug and play, but it's about as plug and play as you can get for an NFL roster. And yeah. it's pretty incredible how you can just just throw somebody in there and figure it out. I mean, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the NFL draft. And I, I'm not the one. I think he did awesome. He made the throws he made to do, but I don't see anything he did that was so much greater than what Jimmy G did. And Jimmy right. G was never, in my eyes, never in A-plus quarterback. And he looked like it in – Shanahan's system, and I think a lot of quarterbacks could. Yeah, yeah. There's. Ma can imagine if you got like a Josh Rosen or somebody land up there. 
Yeah, you know I mean, it's all about opportunity. We always bring up Josh Rosen. I don't know why. It's not like we like the guy uh, well, or anything. Because he, he didn't he didn't get a fair shake in the NFL, <laughs> and he did. But there's a lot of them no. that don't. But I guess yeah. it's just because of where he was picked. And yeah, he just like seems like he got fucked over by the Cardinals immediately. And, oh yeah, he did. And it's just like, and, and I know you don't like uh, Jets quarterback Zach uh, Wilson. Zach Wilson, and um, I know you don't like him, but it's the same thing for him. You know, he kind of if he would have landed in Kansas now, Tara, Zach Wilson system, he was the starter the last going into the last two seasons. He he got his fair share. He did, but he also got fucked around a lot, and he maybe he deserved some of it because he does seem like a smart ass. So, you know, maybe he did deserve some of it. I'm just trying to bring up you know young guys that yeah kind of are cut short in my opinion, but. You know, totally different from Josh Rosen to Zach Wilson scenario. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but uh, no, yeah, Josh Rosen that scenario was just you don't you. Ne- I've never seen you know they took Josh Rosen in the draft numbered like ten overall in the first round, and then that very next year they took Kyler Murray number one overall. You never see a team take back to back first round quarterbacks. <laughs> That's just bad front office. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, you know, it's, and and then it's and that's, like and that's exactly why that coaching staff is there anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, you fucked up. At least you had the balls to admit that you fucked up. I, I get that, and people always want that as a fan base. Like, admit you fucked up and move on from it. Right. I totally agree with that. But the man didn't even get a chance. No, I mean, you had a shitty roster, you had a shitty team, and you expected this guy to just come in and change it. Now, now look, you have uh, what's his face, Kyler Murray. And what the hell has he done? Yeah. Besides, take a big contract from Hughes that Hughes had to put a clause in it to make sure he studies enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, just, come on, you fucked up again, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, <laughs> I could sit here for days and talk about how much I don't like Carla Murray, but <laughs> I could too. He just, there's something about his his demeanor that just bothers me. Yeah, I mean, I don't, and I don't think he's. All of that. I mean, he's. Don't get me wrong. He's an NFL quarterback. He's he's decent, but I don't think he's worth the money that they're paying him, and I don't think he's worth the hype that everybody gives him. We're, but we're both on the same page with shorter NFL quarterbacks. It's a rare, you know, a rare breed. You almost you're always going to be that scramble Russell Wilson get out of the pocket immediately because I'm too small and I can't throw over linemen, guys. And I just don't like that as that being your your main go to. Right. Yeah, I, I like a guy that can actually sling him over the hands of <laughs> linemen. Yeah. That's <laughs> just not yeah. what he's doing unless he's jumping. Yeah, and he's, I like I said, uh, we're not going to get sidetracked with Kyler Murray yeah. here, but uh, yeah, he's uh, definitely not my favorite quarterback. <laughs> no, I think he's bottom. <laughs> he might be the bottom of the list for me. Yeah, drives me nuts. And and I think honestly, I think Cardinals are going to finish last in that division again. I <laughs> yeah, just, I just don't see them doing better than they're definitely not going to do better than the 49ers. I don't see them doing better than the Seahawks, and you know the Rams if they can stay healthy. I don't see the Cardinals doing better than the Rams. So, you know, the Cardinals are definitely going to be at the basement of that division again. You know who doesn't care? Who? DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's looking for love right now. He's looking for a new team. So, I yeah. I thought something was going to get done with New England, but I don't know. Not yet. I mean, it's uh, we've 
got two months until the season starts. So, you know, he's, yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. sign somewhere. Hopefully he comes home to Texas. Right <laughs> he's, at the star. At they, the can't, star. They, they can't afford him. <laughs> <laughs> they could. They just freed up a lot. So we'll see. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Uh, good show. Uh, good show. Yeah. Great show. Thank you guys again for tuning in for another week of late hit. Uh, we'll get back to you guys next week. We'll get into some more key topics, and we're actually going to wrap up our State of the Franchise segment and do our last two teams next week. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, listen to us, like us, comment, let us know what you guys like, what you guys don't like, what you want to hear from us. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at LateHitPFR. I am at T underscore Luddy and Matt is at Matt PFR. But we'll talk to you guys next week and thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you guys.